Well, it's so powerful. Of course, we got to celebrate last week Easter and all the power that comes from that and the goodness of Jesus Christ alive and, and then all of what happens in our lives because of it and how we become changed and transformed, become what the scripture would say is brand new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. And so that's not just a one-time thing, but it's a brand new thing for us to step into each and every day. And because of the power of what Jesus did, I don't know that we have fully understood the ramifications of what that means. It's so far beyond what you and I could possibly comprehend. And in fact, I think this life is in part meant to be a full-scale discovery of what it actually means to have the power and life of Christ imparted to us, given to us. We can't possibly comprehend how meaningful our lives now have become because of what Jesus has done. And so I think one of the greatest lies that we're so tempted to believe on a regular basis is simply you don't matter. You don't matter. You don't have enough of this. Or you don't have enough of that. We live in a world really that loves, like, we often think of mattering in terms of uh, and the scope of, our, of how well we're known in the world. The word we might use is fame or how much impact, how broad scale our impact is. And so we actually even live in a city that's kind of well known for having lots of fame or we'll, you know, people come to the city to see uh, incredible people with incredible gifts on display, singers and musicians and actors, all the, those kinds of things. And those are great and thankful for all those gifts. But the lie is to believe if that's not me, if I don't have this widespread influence, then I don't really matter, and nothing, nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Why? Because if you're in here breathing right now, you are made in the image of God. You're an image bearer of the God of the universe. You carry above all of creation, an identity that no one else, nothing in all creation actually carries, not even the angels carry this reality in and of themselves, right? You and I can go out to the Grand Canyon, awesome, amazing. It's nothing. It's nothing in light of the image bearers of God and what God has done in you and where he is taking and leading you. The lie is to believe that somehow you're insignificant and you don't matter. And God is saying, you haven't begun to understand how much you matter in me. When God comes and changes and transforms and redeems, comes in and builds a brand new life, we give our heart and our hopes and all of our dreams to him. We give him our failures and our shortcomings and every way we fall short, we hand it all over to him. He hands us more significance than we could ever possibly imagine. And there is more to be understood about what you and I actually carry because we're his. It's really powerful and it changes our, the very outlook we have on life if we could actually step into this and begin to believe it. We carry the characteristics of the maker of the universe. We're meant to reflect his greatness, 
challenged, called to reflect his greatness and to be ones who give it away wherever we go. We carry the things that God is in him, he's given to us. And we get to grow and abound in it more and more. One of the most significant characteristics of God is that when he speaks, he creates life. When God speaks, he creates life. He didn't just just create, but he actually designs life with just the spoken word. His very breath, that's at the foundation of actually what we believe, Hebrews chapter 11, before we jump over to uh, Proverbs here in a minute, Hebrews 11, verse three, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible, meaning the very invisible breath of God has brought life to the universe. It exists because he spoke it into existence. Psalm 33 says it this way, so powerfully, so eloquently. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap, and he puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the Lord of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. God creates life with his words. Hear this. We're meant to do the same. God creates life with his words. Image bearer, you and I are meant to do the same. Our words matter. The image bearers of God are going to discover all throughout the scripture, all throughout the word of God, our words matter. The things that come forward from our lips have more meaning than we could possibly know. They don't just matter. They actually have power. That's what we're going to look at this morning. Our words actually have power. They have deep, deep meaning. There is no insignificance in our words. Every word, it means something. And what God's going to do is going to call our hearts and Pull us in for the words that come out of our mouths to be aligned with the truth of his heart. Because in and when it does, it begins to change and shift the spiritual atmosphere around us, both first in here and all around us. And we're going to look at the scripture. You're there in Proverbs chapter 18. This is where we'll start. We're going to look at just a couple of verses here in verse 20. Here's what God would say to us, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield or the harvest of his lips. What a saying. What an unbelievable truth. The fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. Satisfied by the yield of his 
lips, meaning what's coming out of here has an effect of who we become in here. Now listen, quite literally, you will go to the store and there are 10,000 things for you to choose from. Endless choices of all the things. You'll go into the grocery store and some of those things are gonna nourish you and satisfy you. They're gonna be amazing. And then some of those things just candidly will not, right? You can go in. Some of those things are gonna be great. Some of those things won't. Some is gonna bring fullness of life. Some of the things that you can get will rot you from the inside out. Tastes good, but will rot you from the inside out. Amen? All right? Anybody had a hot pocket? Okay, okay. There are things that will nourish you, and then there are things that will not. There's this picture that God's just setting up for us just to begin to think about. What comes from here has a deep effect on what's going on in here. Profound effect. You can be nourished and satisfied or you can find yourself wrestling. In fact, what we're gonna find out is what you say matters because your words are gonna either nourish you or they're gonna bring poison. It's gonna nourish you or bring poison to you and consequently to other people too is what we'll find out. You can look here in the very next verse. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and, life. death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, these are carefully thoughtful, meaningful words about the nature of what comes out of our mouths. This is a powerful picture, right? The ability to actually sow death, decay, destruction, or the ability to bring life and vitality and hope and fullness right from what comes out of our mouths. Your words, my words, they matter. They bring life or they bring death. And you and I will either live by it or die by it. The Midrash, which is uh, just one of the many ancient commentaries that are on the, of the scriptures, uh, there's a saying in it that goes like this. The evil tongue slays three. The slanderer, the slandered, and the listener. And I thought it was such an, uh, a powerful insight and picture that when we speak things that are broken evil of death, not aligned with the heart of God. It actually has an effect on the one that's speaking it, the one that it's being spoken over, and oh, by the way, the one that's in earshot within it. Words matter. What we say actually matters. It's not just life and death, but it's, it's able to have an effect in one way where we begin to speak. And when we say things, it's not just what's being spoken, but it's actually having a profound effect in the lives of the people around us, which begins to just bring into the question 
or bring into focus the question we have this morning, which is just how much of the words that come out of your mouth are actually truly aligned with the heart of God? Got to ask myself this question all week. How much of what actually comes from my lips, out of my mouth, is really truly aligned with the heart of God? It's an important question for us to wrestle with a little bit this morning. And what we're going to find out is Jesus cares deeply about words that are spoken. He cares quite a bit about it. There's a moment in Matthew 12, we'll get there in a second, but um, he's standing in front of the religious elites who have spent the vast majority of their lives making sure that everyone feels really bad about their broken life and how their spirituality has not measured up to their own and wanting to make sure that people feel the weight of how they have not measured up. And Jesus is so finished and so done with these broken words coming from uh, these uh, religious elites that he ste ste steps back in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. There's a, actually a whole conversation I'd love for you to read. We'll just read this text here. He says, you brood of vipers, by the way. You want to talk about speaking words. How can you speak good when you are evil? What was he doing there? He's saying, what's coming out of your mouth matters. You were meant to be, as the image bearer of God, one who speaks life. And how could any life come out of your mouths if what's in here is dead, broken, evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus cared about words. He cared about what was being said and spoken. He cares about us and what's coming out of our mouths. A couple of weeks ago, if you guys were here, we had a chance just to dive in and look at the scriptures about the things that we actually think and believe. We talked a little bit about our thoughts and beliefs and how they have a significant impact on how we operate in this life. And that if our thoughts and beliefs are aligned with lies, then it breeds death. And that if our thoughts and beliefs are aligned with truth, then it breeds life. And here we have Jesus giving us this full-scale picture where he says, out of the heart, what's going on here? The mouth speaks. And what Proverbs says is what the mouth speaks becomes the fruit or the nourishment of what's going on in here. So what they're describing, what God's describing is a cycle, that what you believe and take in is coming out of you, and what is coming out of you is, by the way, building up what's going on on the inside. So meaning it's not just beliefs, it's, but, and it's not just words, it's both. And both of these places, God means to get our hearts aligned with him, and when it does, it breeds life. And when it does not, it'll tear us down. Words tear people apart. Words build people up. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's what he wants us to understand. Your words matter. What you're speaking and what you're saying on a regular basis means something. It means something to your spouse. 
It means something to your children. It means something to your friends and your roommates and your employer and your boss and your coworkers and the ones that work for you. It means something across the spectrum. There is no place in which your words are not felt. You and I want to go, ah, we're not that significant. Let me tell you something. You don't know how significant you are in the kingdom. The truth is this. There are 10,000 upon 10,000 people that aren't going to ever darken the doors of this place right here. But you know what they will have an opportunity to hear? The power and life and the truth of God in you. Oh, I, I, I couldn't want for more than for us to be a church that is carrying life on our tongue everywhere we go and literally changing the spiritual atmosphere of our businesses and our homes and our children's bedrooms and every place we go and just speaking life as those made in the image of the one who spoke life into existence. That's what we get to partner with. That's actually the kind of life and power. This thing is either real, the spirit of God is either living in you, or it's a fairy tale. It's one of the two. There is no in-between, and if it's real, then your words matter. You have atmospheres to change, principalities to pull down, partnerships with the Son of God to bring his fullness everywhere you go. So God is calling us to be people who have life on our tongue and life on the inside, something that's brewing here that comes out and something that's coming out that builds itself in here. We have a chance to bring life or to tear down and destroy. It's the fact that none of us can get away from. And let's just be honest, if we could just pull down the churchiness for just a moment, uh, it can be super tasty to say a couple of choice mean words, right? When you, someone's hurt you or frustrated you. Can we be real about that for just a minute, right? Maybe not to their face, but behind their back for sure. You want to say that, huh? Come on, when you've been frustrated, when you're jealous, when you've been hurt, when you feel sad, when you feel lonely, when something happens to you or someone takes advantage of you or life has not gone your way, which is, by the way, real life, the easiest thing in the world is to complain and to spew and to be frustrated and to let all of that stuff come out of you, especially in those moments of anger and disappointment and hurt. We throw it out there and the temptation is to take our words and to cut down. We've all been there. Don't act like you haven't. <laughs> it's the easiest thing. It's the quickest temptation. Why? Because the enemy knows just the same as the king of kings. Your words matter. What you say matters. It's not empty. You can say it in secret. But hear this, that nothing's done in secret. The king knows all of it. You're either partnering with life or with death. Death. And so it's not only what we say, by the way, about others, but it's also what we're saying about ourselves. Hey, what you say about yourself matters. Hear that. Not just what you're saying about your spouse when you're angry. What are you saying about you when you've blown it? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth when you've fallen short? 
most normal thing I think is in the human experience is to feel despondent and to say things like, I'll never overcome. I'll never become like, or I'll never get free from, or I'll never have this or that. Or we'll use those words and say things, and they become what we are nourished by, and that's how you die. When you partner, not with what God has said about you as a new creation, but what, how you feel about your circumstance, rather than bringing it to the Lord in honesty, complaining and spewing out, that's what breeds death. You're an image bearer. Your words have meaning and power. You can say things like that, and I, I, I use this one because I've been guilty in the past of saying, saying things like, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser, man. Really? Is that who God says you are? You might wrestle with wanting everybody to think you're cool and awesome. And to always like trying to help and always trying to do all the things so that you can feel worth and value because you don't feel like you have it as a son or daughter, right? We're all, we can be susceptible. So you say, ah, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. Or, ah, yeah, I just, I've got a, I've got a sharp tongue or I'm, uh, yeah, I've got an anger problem. Really? Is that what God says about you? What does God actually say about you? That's not who you are. Galatians 1 says, no, you're either a people pleaser or you please God. So don't say I'm a people pleaser. Say I'm a God pleaser. I, listen, I, we don't have to bury our head in the sand and act like we don't have things and issues and problems, right? But let's not partner and say, this is who I am. Let's say, hey, God, I have a wrestle here. But you know what? Here's what's true. I was made to please you forever. Speak it. Say it. Say it out loud. Let it become a part of the vernacular of what is true about what God has said about you. This is who I am. Let what I am be aligned with, what I say I am to be aligned with the truth. Okay, we don't have to pretend like we don't struggle. It's taking the struggle to the Lord and then letting our words be aligned with the king of the universe. You got to influence some of you are... Maybe have some influence. You know, we always can talk about all the ills of social media. It's also a great place to be able to speak life. It's a chance to speak truth and life. I wish the church would be on that trajectory of just speaking life. Your words matter. My words matter. Our words matter. They're either aligned with what God says or they're aligned with what the enemy says. So here's what I want to do. I'm just going to take these last few minutes. I don't want to give us just some very real and practical ways uh, for us to begin to have truth on our lips. I want to give us four meaningful ways to just begin to use your words, to, to begin to get aligned with the truth. That makes sense? Just some real practical ways, and then we'll finish up and just have a chance actually just to speak some truth over our lives, okay? Number one, take time to speak the word of God out loud. Speak the word of God out loud. I love Bible reading and opening the scriptures and reading it, say it out loud. On a regular basis, let it come off your lips. Uh, we, uh, the, uh, if you ever gotten to be a part of a, you know, memorizing or memorizing scripture, I think it's so great. Some people feel shame because I haven't memorized enough. For, just throw that in the garbage. But let scripture come out of your mouth. 
Let it come into you and then let it come out of your voice. Romans chapter eight, verse, no, Romans chapter 10, verse eight. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. What he's saying here is what's coming out of your mouth is a part of what it means to be changed and transformed in the image of God. The word and the life of God coming out of you to confess, this is who my God is and this is who I am in my God. I'm changed, I'm saved, transformed. Regularly get an opportunity to say the word of God. If, if, if for no other way than just you open your scripture with open the Bible, read it out loud and say it. Let it wash over you. Let it wash over your kids. Your kids need to hear you reading it, saying it. To sing it, sing it, sing it regular, on the reg, okay? Sing the truth of the word. But listen, I think it's super important. Okay, listen, you, um, there's been 10, 10 bajillion church services, right, in human history. Why are we doing this? And nobody's getting, you're not getting, by the way, you will not get one bonus point for having shown up here this morning with God. God's not looking at you going, well, it was a little rainy when you got up this morning, so I really like you, okay? You're in the good club. Come on, why are we here? If you came here for bonus points with Jesus, you got them all at the cross. All the bonus points you could ever hope for, you already have. Why are we here? To have our heart changed and stirred by the listening to the word, but maybe even more important, the singing of the word. Just letting it come, right? The music is important. It does something. It changes the atmosphere, right? When you're having a bad day, you don't want to, or you know, you, you, you were a jerk yesterday and you come in here, right? You could barely even get to church, right? You're like, kids, sit down. You know, you're like, come on, you know what I'm talking about? You're trying to get to church and it's like, you're just making it in here. All right. One of the spouses made you 10 minutes late and you're just getting by. What do you need? You need to sing. You need to just declare the greatness of God and be washed in it. Nothing more important than having our hearts stirred, our affections, because we sang it. Psalm 51, 15 Oh, Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. It needs to come out. I mean, hear, the, hear this. It's not enough for, like, wink at God. It needs to come out of your mouth. It needs to be declared. It needs to be said, spoken, sung. It's important to do it here. I would say let singing happen other places, too, not just here. Right? Let, sing, sing around your house. Right? And some of you are thinking, please don't, don't tell my spouse to sing around the house. Let them sing anyway. I don't care. Even if it sounds bad, right? Doesn't, doesn't sound bad to God. Might sound bad to you. Just sing. Let it come out. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but uh, your theology is as shaped by the words you sing as, as much as by any message I preach or any podcast you listen to, right? What you believe about God is being shaped by the music you listen to. 
It is. What you believe about yourself is being shaped by the music you listen to, which is just a little, by the way, a little side thing, right? I don't know if any of you guys grow up um, youth group, like where you weren't supposed to listen to secular music. Anybody, anybody else burn CDs? Just a couple of you guys. All the young people are going like, what are you talking about? One, what is a CD? And two, what are you talking about? I came back from youth camp. We blew those CDs up, right? Guns and Roses. Uh, hey, listen, I ain't coming in here to do the anti-secular music sermon. What I'm here to say, listen, there's some great performers and great, they have great music, all right? Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, all that, all right? It's great. It's awesome. Whatever. Oh, we could probably agree with that. We all need to shake it off sometimes. Amen? Shake it off. Just shake it off. Sorry, my daughter would be mortified if she heard me just say that right now. Um, what I'm saying is, is think about what you sing. Think about what you say, and is it bringing life to you? not against any kind of music. What I am saying is let the things that are coming out of your mouth edify you and build you and build something special and unique and powerful in you. And that's what we get to do here when we gather on Sunday. That's why I think it's important to come to church or be a part of church, local church. Um, but it's so much further beyond that. So let's sing. Look for a chance, look for a chance to speak life over one person each day. And this is a great idea. Just for clarity, I've not done this. It was a great, it came to me and I was like, all right, I need to do this. So I'm just confessing. This is not like, oh, I've done this intentionally, but I am saying, I think we would do so well if we had a thought in our mind each day, an opportunity to speak life over someone. Because the truth is that someone needs to hear the goodness of God over them. You don't have to be all churchy or anything like that. But there's multiple opportunities we have each day to be able to speak the truth of the heart of the Father, to look at someone and speak of their worth and value, their image bearers. Somebody you meet at the grocery store, somebody, wait staff, your CPA, the parking garage, attendant, family member, friends, someone, spouse, child, once a day an opportunity just to speak life. I think if we had that on our minds, it would begin to change the way we think about what we say. I'd love to have that rhythm. So I'm gonna ask God to help me with that. And then finally, we'll finish with this. You need to confess. We need to confess and declare to ourselves what God is saying over us, saying it out loud. What does God say about you? You need to confess and declare. Now, why do I use that word confess, by the way? Because typically when you use the word confess, you think about talking about all your deepest, darkest secrets and all that. That's not what it is. In fact, the word confess, the Greek word confess, homologeo, okay, two, two words. H-O-M-O means the same, of the same, legeo or logos, meaning the word, the same word, same word. Confession is simply, God, whatever you say, I say the same. Whatever is in your heart is in my heart. Whatever you declare, I also declare. That's what it actually means to confess, right? To say out loud, God, what do you say about me? That's what I want coming off my lips. What does God say about you? And how often are you saying it out loud and believing it? Confess, declare, 
God, what you say is right. If it's a broken thing, hey, God, this is a broken thing. I agree with you, and I'm getting it out. Say it to a brother or sister, giving it to a friend, bringing it to you. God, what do you say? I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That's who I am. And just keep declaring it over and over and over. The whole world's talking constantly about self-esteem. You need to be built up in self-esteem. Listen to me. You don't need self-esteem in any way, shape, form. You know what you need? When the king of the universe comes and speaks over you and tells you how valuable and worthy you are in him. This is what you and I need. I need to be built up in myself. I need to be, believe what God says about me. When I believe what God says about me, I can take on whatever storm may come. That's who we're meant to be. God-esteemed people. God-esteemed, breathed out on us. That's what we need. Our worth and value comes from what God says about us. So here's this. How much are you speaking what God says about you? I'm, I'm challenged by that. I am so personally challenged how often am I declaring out loud, not in my head, out loud, by faith, what God declares about me. And how often would you do it too? I think it's why it's so important to take these steps of declaration. Next Sunday, we're gonna baptize. Uh, we're gonna be baptizing people right after this service, 12:15. I can't wait. By the way, we have like, I think 13 or so, 13 people right now lined up to do that. Amen. It's awesome. So fun. We got... I think some more coming. Uh, if you're, if you have, you can uh, register at the at the welcome table. If if you're interested, if you haven't been baptized or you were baptized as a little one and it maybe didn't make a ton of sense to you or didn't mean a lot to you, we want to partner with you into something that's meaningful where you are declaring with your mouth, "I'm a follower of Jesus. I'll go into the grave with Him and I come out alive." That's who I am. That's who you are. When you accept Christ, you get a brand new identity. Say it. I'm a new creation. I blew it yesterday, but I'm a new creation. I stand under the fresh weight. What does the scripture say? The new mercies of God every morning. In a day you haven't opened your eyes that Jesus hadn't come and breathed his life over you, given you, shed his blood, body broken, so that when you rise in the morning, up under the, you get up under the mercies of God. And now you've got power to overcome and power to confess and power to love your spouse and the power to love your children and power to work well for your boss or power to work well for those that are, that are working for you, to be able to bring life everywhere you go, not because you figured life out, but because you've come up under the truth and you're willing to say it. That's what I want us to be. Let's close. You guys stand with me. We're just going to finish this last, we have three minutes left, and we're going to just take this chance just to make a confession, to confess, to agree, means same words, same word. What God says is true, we want to declare. And so, Lord, would you just give us this moment to declare what is true for all that are in Christ? And listen, if you're not in Christ, you can invite him right now to come. Take your sin. Take your shame, take your guilt, 
remove it from you and to give you his life. You can do that right now. Just ask him. But for those of us that are in Christ, you've asked him to take your shame and guilt and sin and stain, all your sadness and brokenness, failures, shortcomings. And you've received in exchange for all of that, his righteousness and his holiness and his purity. Then let's stand in that truth. Confess God's truth. I'm just gonna do a, give us a couple opportunities to make that declaration. Now men, we're gonna go first. I need you to help me here. I'm gonna make a declaration. I want you to repeat after I say this declaration. Men, repeat after me. I am a blood-bought son of God. Amen. You are. That's who you are. Ladies, would you repeat after me? I'm a blood-bought daughter of God. That's right. That's who you are. That's who you are. All of us together, repeat after me. I have been made righteous in Christ. The enemy cannot steal that from me. Come on. Come on. I have design and purpose in God. Come on. And he is working for my good right now. Come on. Father, I'm asking that you would have let us believe what we confess. I'm asking God right now that you would allow us to continue to walk in the faithfulness and the fullness of all that you have accomplished on the cross. We choose not to sit in our brokenness and shame, but we share with you all of the things. We give to you our anger. We give to you our hurt. We give to you our pride. We give to you our doubts. We give to you our fears. We give to you our loneliness. We give the whole thing to you. And we receive in exchange your beautiful promises, your goodness, the hope that comes from knowing you, peace that surpasses understanding. We receive it all. I ask God that you'd make us a church of people, a church that shares life everywhere we go. God, would you give us that grace right now? Yeah. Would you help us to be people who speak life in every encounter, every place? I pray you'd help us to speak life over each other, roommates and spouses and children and friends. Let us speak life, God. That's what we're asking. Be full of your presence. We want to be free. Let it make us free, God. Your words over us and in us and through us. We thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, who is our Savior and our King, we pray. Amen.